0: We'll start with a what is called a small bhajan. Um, it's actually a small song that glorifies the Supreme Lord and his associates. And then we'll speak from the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopijana Valabha girivaradhari Thank you, Jaya Gopi Janavalla Bha Girivaradhari Jashwadhanandana Rajajana jashada nandana braj jana ranjana yamuna tira van chari yamuna tira Jaya. Jaya gopi jana wala Jana Ranjana Jashadanandana, Braja Jana Ranjana (moansing) Jashadanandana, Braja Jana Ranjana Jashadanandana vandana bhaj jan ranjana yamuna tirabana chari yamuna tirabana chari His divine grace full of His Divine Praise vedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada ki jai Srimad Bhagavad Gita Yatharupa ki jai Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji ki jai Sri Krishna Janmasmi Mahatsava ki jai Srila Prabhupada Vyasa Puja ki jai Sri Gaur Bhakta brindaki ki jai Nitai Gaur Pramanande Hari Hari Bhok all glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories to Shri, Shri Guru and Gauranga. All glories to you, Srila Prabhupada. So today we're reading from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9, which, which is entitled, The Most Confidential Knowledge. And today we're doing text number 34. Please repeat after me. OM NAMO BHAGVATE VASUDEVAYA OM NAMO BHAGVATE VASUDEVAYA OM NAMO BHAGVATE VASUDEVAYA Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnana Janashalakaya Caksharan Militam Yena Tasme Shi Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupaha Kadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vanchakapa Turbhasya Kripasandhubya Evacha Patitanam Pavanibhya Vishnavibhya Namo Namaha Nama Om Vishnapadaya Krishna Om Om Vishnapadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nithinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Picharine Nirvishesh Shunnivadi Paschyate Deshutarine Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prahunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivas Adigora Gaura Bhakta Brinda. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama, Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jai Shri Bhagavad Gita Tharupaki Jai Shri ki Jai So if any of you know the verse, you can chant along with me. Man Mana Bhabha Manmana Bhava Madhbhakta Madhyaji Mam Namaskuru Madhyaji Mam Namaskuru Mam Iveshasi Yukveivam Mam Iveshasi Atmanam at parayana Atmanam at parayana Manmana bhava madbhakto. Madhyaji mam namaskuru Mame visyasi yukbevam Atmanam atparayana Anybody like to repeat, like repeat? Manmana bhava madbhakto Madhyaji mam namaskuru Mam evashase yugvey Atmanam matvarayanaha. Very good. Anybody else? Manmana bhava madhbhakto. Madhyaji maam namaskaru. Mami veshtasi. Yukvevam. Mami veshtasi. Yukvevam. Atmanam matvarayanaha. Thank you. Anybody else? No? Okay, so please repeat after me. Manmanaha. Always thinking of me. This is Krishna speaking. The me is Krishna. Bhava. Become. Mat. My. Bhaktaha. Devotee. Mat. My. Yaji. Worshipper mam unto me namaskuru offer obeisances mam unto me eva completely asyasi you will come yukva being absorbed evam thus atmanam your soul Matparayanaha Devoted to me. So please repeat after me. Engage your mind always in thinking of me. Become my devotee. Offer obeisances to me and worship me. Being completely absorbed in me, surely you will come to me. So again, engage your mind always in thinking of Me, become My devotee, offer obeisances to Me and worship Me. Being completely absorbed in Me, surely You'll come to Me. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. In this verse, it is clearly indicated that Krishna consciousness is the only means of being delivered from the clutches of this contaminated material world. Sometimes, unscrupulous commentators distort the meaning of what is clearly stated here, that all devotional service should be offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. Unfortunately, unscrupulous commentators divert the mind of the reader to to that which is not at all feasible. Such commentators do not know that there is no difference between Krishna's mind and Krishna. Krishna is not an ordinary human being. He is the absolute truth. His body, his mind, and he himself are one and absolute. It is stated in the Kurma Purana, as it is quoted by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami in his Anubhasya comments on Chaitanya Charitamrita, fifth chapter, Adi Lila, verses 41 through 48. This means that there is no difference in Krishna the Supreme Lord between himself and his body. But because the commentators do not know this science of Krishna, they hide Krishna and divide his personality from his mind or from his body. Although this is sheer ignorance of the science of Krishna, some men make profit out of misleading people. Then there are some other de- demoniac, sorry, then there are some who are demoniac. They also think of Krishna, but enviously, just like King Kongsa, Krishna's uncle. He was also thinking of Krishna always, but he thought of Krishna as his enemy. He was always in anxiety, wondering when Krishna would come to kill him. This kind of thinking will not help us. One should be thinking of Krishna in devotional love. That is bhakti. One should cultivate the knowledge of Krishna continuously. What is that favorable cultivation? It is to learn from a bona fide teacher. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and we have several times explained that His body is not material, but is eternal, blissful knowledge. This kind of talk about Krishna will help one become a devotee. Understanding Krishna otherwise from the wrong source will prove fruitless. One should therefore engage his mind in the eternal form, the primal form of Krishna, with conviction in his heart that Krishna is the supreme. He should engage himself in worship. There are hundreds of thousands of temples in India for the worship of Krishna, and the devotional service is practiced there. When such practice is made, one has to offer obeisances to Krishna. One should lower his head before the deity and engage his mind, his body, his activities, Everything. That will make one fully absorbed in Krishna without deviation. This will help one transfer to Krishna Loka. One should not be deviated by unscrupulous commentators. One must engage in the nine different processes of devotional service, beginning with hearing and chanting about Krishna. Pure devotional service is the highest achievement of human society. The 7th and 8th chapters of the Bhagavad Gita have explained pure devotional service to the Lord that is free from speculative knowledge, mystic yoga, and fruitive activities. Those who are not purely sanctified must be attracted by different features of the Lord like the impersonal Brahmajyoti and localized Paramatma. But a pure devotee directly takes to the service of the Supreme Lord. There is a beautiful poem about Krishna in which it is clearly stated that any person who is engaged in the worship of demigods is most unintelligent and cannot achieve at any time the supreme award of Krishna. The devotee in the beginning may sometimes fall from the standard, but still he should be considered superior to all other philosophers and yogis. One who always engages in Krishna consciousness should be understood to be perfectly saintly person. His accidental non-devotional activities will diminish and he will soon be situated without any doubt in complete perfection. The pure devotee has no actual chance to fall down because the Supreme Godhead personally takes care of his pure devotees. Therefore, the intelligent person should take directly to the process of of Krishna consciousness and happily live in this material world. He will eventually receive the supreme award of Krishna. Omagyana Timirantasya and Janishalakaya, Jakshuran Militamiana Tasme Shi Guru Maha, Nama Om Vishna Padaya Krishna Bhishtaya Bhutale, Shrimate Malakrishna Goswami Nam. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purports to the ninth chapter of the Shrimad Bhagavad Gita in the matter of the most confidential knowledge. So, this uh, period of time in Vedic civilization, and Vedic civilization is the original civilization of this creation. In other um, spiritual lineages, in other religious movements, there are discussions about how at one time there was only one language on this planet. For example, in the story uh, of the uh, Christians, there's a story of how they were trying to build a tower all the way to heaven, to the kingdom of God. And the Lord wanted to discourage these personalities because they they were very proud, they were conceited. And he didn't want people like that in the kingdom of God. So he simply gave each person a different language. And now that they started speaking in different languages, they couldn't communicate with one another. And so the project got disturbed. They couldn't continue the project. So since then, we have all these different languages in the material world. But they all source from this original language called uh, Devanagari Sanskrit. And Deva means are uh, the place of heaven, the heavenly abode. And Nagari means pl- the place. Devanagari means the place of heavenly personalities. The demigods, demigoddesses like them. So, um, um, in at the time when Vedic civilization was practiced by everyone, this period was considered like the most important period of their life because there were five well now there are five major events. At that time also there were five major events that would happen in a row. The first is what they call Julan Yatra. And Julan Yatra is called the Swing Festival. And right behind at the temple you'll see a beautiful swing. So we practiced, we did that for five days. And then, then the end of that period is the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Balaram. Lord Balaram is the elder brother of Krishna. Krishna says in the Bhagavatam, Aham Ivasam Evagre, In the beginning, there was no one but Krishna. And from his right, his right, it looks like to your left here, but to his right, from his right, he manifested Balaram. Balaram is also Krishna, but he has a golden white complexion. Krishna, as we know, has a bluish black complexion. You can see them both here in this painting. You'll see Krishna and Balaram. And somebody put a little bit of a red mark on Balaram's forehead. Actually, I found out who did it. <laughs> and so at the time, I was a young devotee, and so I was a little, ang- I was a little angry. And so I said some harsh words to him uh, because he's not supposed to touch the paintings and deface them, you know, like that. But he came from a particular sampradaya, a particular lineage in which they put a red mark on the tilak. And so he thought the painting was incomplete. He had to put a red mark to complete it. But he didn't realize in ours we don't put a red mark because the middle part is considered to be the place of Vishnu. It's, uh, it's, uh, on the right is Brahma, on the left is Shiva, and in the middle is Vishnu. That's why the tilak has the three parts to it here on the top. And the bottom is the leaf of, of uh, Tulsi because the totality of it represents devotion to Krishna. And so one is considered to be Krishna's devotee or Lord Vishnu's devotee of Vaishnava if they wear this type of a tilak. And because we come from rather Rani's line, it's done in a particular style. That is the style that you see on our foreheads. So I explained that to him and he still didn't accept it. So then I got a little angry. I was the temple president at the time, so you know, I thought it was my role to correct him. But I've learned a lot of lessons since then. And now I'm 20 years as a temple president. i learn that you've got to be a lot softer and do things in a way that's a little more pleasing to people. But anyway, he got the message and he didn't do the rest of them, which is good. So at least we protected that part. But here, here you see Krishna and Balram. Balram is golden white and Krishna is bluish black, like that, in color. And then from his left, he manifested Radharani, who is, you know, the white lady standing to the left of Krishna. To us, he looks like she's to the right of Krishna. But from Krishna's point of view, she's to his left, like that. Very beautiful lady, her name is Radharani. These three are equally the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. All three are considered the original Supreme, not considered are the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. They just manifest three different forms because they're going to play three different roles. The middle person, Krishna himself, is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead whose role is to show the world what does it mean to be the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. The one to the right, Balaram, is actually the first spiritual master. He tries to show people that actually, even better than trying to become God, is to become the devotee of God, because the devotee of God enjoys more than God. Now, it's a little hard to understand, I accept, because all the time we've been told, nobody enjoys more than God. God is the greatest in everything. There is nobody who can equal God or be greater. But Krishna is an amazing personality. Because God comes in two features, the feature of the controller and the feature of the lover. And so he expands himself as Balaram, who then expands as, Maha, as Sankarshan, who then expands as Maha Sankarshan, who then expands as Narayan. And Narayan is the Supreme Personality of Controller God. He is the big controller. If you go to his planet, he sits on a very high dais. And there are many, 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 many steps before you can get to him. And people can't get to him, they're not allowed there. Only very few people are allowed on the top. Everybody has to be the bottom and pay their pieces from the bottom because they have to show affection to him in awe and reverence. So you can't go and put your hand around Narayan and say, Hey bud, what are you doing tonight? You can't speak to him like he's your friend or he's your subordinate. But Krishna doesn't want that role because there is more happiness in love than in awe and Reverence. So Krishna plays the role of the supreme personality of lover, Godhead. And so you can see him on that painting uh, on this side where he's dancing with his girlfriends. Now these girlfriends are not ordinary girlfriends, by the way. They are all uh, uh, goddesses of fortune. Very, very powerful goddesses of fortune. Any one of them can do anything Krishna can do. That's how powerful they are. In fact, Krishna considers them his own gurus. He takes advice from them, like that guidance from them. And so they teach him how to dance. Although he's considered the best dancer, they still teach him to make better moves and adjust things, make it better all the time like that. But Krishna is called Natabara. Natabara means the best of all dances. Like that. And that's why Lord Shiva is also called Natabara. Because Lord Shiva is Krishna playing the role in the material world touching maya. Krishna never touches maya. When Krishna touches maya, then that person becomes Lord Shiva. That's the only difference between Lord Shiva and Lord Krishna. Both of them are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but they play different roles. Just in our lives, we play different roles, but sometimes we mix roles. In their case, they never mix roles. Lord Shiva never tries to become Krishna. And Krishna doesn't try to become Lord Shiva, although he did once. Because Radharani got very angry at him, and when Radharani gets angry, uh, she doesn't allow Krishna near him, but Radharani really loves Lord Shiva, so he came as Lord Shiva's brahmana, brahmin uh, devotee. He came as a devotee of Lord Shiva, but as a brahmin of a devotee, and he looked like Lord Shiva also, because the Brahmins also sometimes emulate their lord like that. But the gopis figured it out that this was they, they, how they figured it out was Krishna didn't properly hide his peacock feather in his. Uh, purse that he was carrying. He was carrying a purse. And in that purse, he had put his peacock feather and the flute. The flute was at the bottom but the peacock feather had a little bit hanging out. And the gopis are very very smart. They're very sharp. They can see things very clearly. So they saw that little piece of the peacock feather and they know Lord Shiva does not use peacock feather and the Brahmins do not use peacock feathers. So they figured out this is him trying to get close to Karadharani even though Radharani has said, no, you cannot come close to me. Like that. Anyway, so um, so, so th- th- then comes the appearance of Lord Balarama, I so said, the second event. Then the third event is actually the appearance of Lord Krishna himself, who is standing on the altar, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The fourth event is Nandotsava. Nandotsava is the celebration of Lord Krishna's appearance. Amazing things happened at that time. Nanda Baba, gave away two million cows in gifts to Brahmins. I mean, that's a lot of cows. Think about it. And these weren't ordinary cows. Their, their hoofs were decorated with pure gold. They wore uh, clothing on them, the cloth put over them, that was so expensive that any one of the jewels would be worth more than whatever Bill Gates is worth multiplied a thousand times. And that's how expensive, you know, the dress was on the, each of these cows. And as you know, the Brahmins, um, they live a very simple life. The idea is not, of course, nowadays Brahmins, Kali Yuga Brahmins are different. But at the time, <laughs> Brahmins would live a simple life. And their only interest was to show love to the Lord. And they would guide people how they can be happy in their lives with no expectation of return. They wouldn't expect. Oh, now I did something for you. Please give me a donation. Not like that. They would just... Really, from their heart, give information out. Of course, people loved them and they gave them food and things like that. But, but Nanda Baba, the father of Krishna, happened to be the king. And so he was very rich, so he gave a lot of his kingdom away to the brahmanas at that time, like that. So that was a very big event and there was very nice food offered. Uh, and it's actually described in our scriptures, no event is complete without a feast. That's why you see Hare Krishna is a kitchen religion. You know? We're always in the kitchen. Right now there's somebody in the kitchen cooking. And the cooking starts bright and early at four in the morning, and goes on till nine o'clock at night. Continuously like this. Cooking, cooking, cooking all the time. Yeah, this small temple here, it's, well it's not, it's a relatively large temple. Because we serve many thousands of families from here. The structure is smaller. But we have four kitchens here. <laughs> so you can imagine, we're very much into food, so. Anyway, so that was what Nanda Baba was like too. So it was a huge celebration. So that was the fourth celebration. And then now the fourth celebration for us is the appearance of Śrīla Prabhupāda. Jai Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jai. So we we, we uh, celebrate his appearance day called Vyasa Puja because he represents Vyasa Dev on that day. He represents Vyasa Dev every day, but on that day we recognize him as the representative of Vyasa. Vyasa is none other than Krishna himself, his literary incarnation, like that. And then the fifth big event is Radhasthami, which at our temple is a very special event because we take lots of rose, rose petals and we shower them on the deities and then we shower them on everybody else. And it's a big celebration again. People love it. It's a once-in-a-lifetime type event that happens. And so these five come in a row like that. It's just a very beautiful time. In the middle of it all is this appearance of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead and so in this verse well there's another verse in that verse uh, krishna says that one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities such a person will go back to the spiritual kingdom of god and and uh and forever live a amazing amazing life there so he speaks about what is called the transcendental nature of his appearance and activities. So one of the things, transcendental simply means, that which is beyond the understanding of the senses, the mind, the intelligence and the false ego. These four are considered material. And so what is beyond the understanding of these four is considered transcendental. They transcend these like that. So one of the transcendental, and so Krishna when he came, he did many transcendental things. For example, he gave a boon that said, that wherever there is a Vaishnava, 25,000 miles from that person, everyone, every living entity will be liberated. Now that's an amazing statement, if you think about planet Earth. The reason is, there is no place on planet Earth that's more than 12,000 miles away from anywhere. Any point you're sitting, you can reach whichever, the furthest point, within 12,000 miles. Let's say 12,500 miles. So it goes 12,500 miles into the space now, to get 25,000 miles, Right? And as you know, these big satellites that hover over Earth, how far are they in the sky? Anybody know? They start around 50 miles and 60 miles. That's how they start. They're very close. 12,500 is a lot more than that. And even the the atmosphere around the Earth, you know when the rockets come in, they have to enter the atmosphere at a certain angle, otherwise they get burnt up, right? right? There's a nice name given to that that aura that's around earth, that's all also within 12,500 miles. So going right into space, every living entity gets well, with just one Vaishnava. I mean, that's an amazing statement for a person to make. Krishna can say that because Krishna can do anything. That's why he's called the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's why in the Bhagavad Gita there's a statement, Yomam eva masamudo, janati purushottamam, sarvabhavena bharta." meaning, One who knows Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead, without doubting, comma, is the know of everything. Period. Such a person engages in his, in Krishna's loving devotional service, comma, with all of his or her heart and soul. That's the statement. So one who knows Krishna without doubting is the know of everything. So what does it mean that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead? It means that Krishna can do things that you cannot even imagine. You can imagine whatever you want, and then multiply that imagination a billion times and a trillion times, and you still cannot imagine all the things Krishna can do. That's how great this personality is. And who is Krishna? Krishna himself describes in the Bhagavad Gita, I am the seed-giving father of every living entity. Now we all know, those of us who are sitting here, that money is important, right? You need to have some money. You don't have money, you can't buy food, you have no place to stay, you might not have a car, you don't have clothing, you know. In Hindi they say roti makan issues, right? You have issues of basic needs. You must have money for basic needs. Of course people do more with just more than basic needs with money. So I use money because everybody understands money much more easily than anything else. Okay? But imagine that In this world, the most important thing was money. Who would be considered the greatest person on this planet? Huh? Come on, you're all smart people. Don't be shy. Don't. You know, no one's going to laugh at you for any answer. Huh? Yeah, someone who has a lot of money. Who Who is the person who would say topmost person has a lot of money? I gave you the name before, anyway. Bill Gates is an example, Warren Buffett, right? Jeff Bezos, you name it. These people are very, very wealthy, right? So if wealth was a very important thing, then Jeff Bezos being your best friend, you wouldn't have money issues, would you? You see what I'm saying? Because how much money do we need anyway? To be happy, how much money do you need? Wow, you guys are really... uh, blanked out or you're in bliss or something's happening. (laughs) Come on. Any figure? There's no right-wrong figure here, by the way. Huh? Say $10 million, right? If you had $10 million, I don't think you'd have any financial problems, right? Any of you would have financial problems with $10 million? No? Okay. I probably would. And I'd probably spend it in one day, so I'd be all gone. (laughs) Anyway, so, okay, $10 million. So my point is, when a person has many billions of dollars... Does ten million dollar mean a lot to them? No. They can give you ten million dollars. By the way, Bill Gates gives away how much every year? Does anybody know? On the average, how much does he give away, huh? Twenty-five million? No. It's between five and ten billion. Okay? Now how many times is that from ten million? He's a very rich person. You see what I'm saying? He can give a lot of money away. At one time, Warren Buffett, at one shot, gave away $40 billion. In one check, $40 billion. I mean, that one has been a beautiful check to look at, right? <laughs> I mean, you can frame that on the wall and go namo no namo no to it every day. right? <laughs> so this is how rich these people are. Some people are very rich. Now, by the way, in comparison, there are much richer people. Okay like uh, amongst the demigods there is a person whose name is uh, Guvera Guvera earns a number of earth planets of value now what would earth planet be in terms of value you see there's no figure you can put on that right there is no number you can say it's one googleplex but googleplex means one with unlimited number of zeros behind it so can 't even put a number on it that 's what Googleplex means, isn 't it? And he has a number of earths like that of of uh, money, cash, sitting cash, but he doesn 't deal in credit unlike in this world. So you can imagine so my point is when Krishna says, "I am your father," when Krishna is the father, why should anybody become unhappy after that? knowing full well the difficulty is we don't believe it. we don't have that faith. We don't know it. We're ignorant about it. That's all. So Krishna actually comes to show this to us, that I do care. Now how people might say, well, he came, but he came and danced with the goddesses of fortune. He came to his father, who was a very rich man. He came to this person, that person, this person, this person. But we well, you know we're poor. Nobody cares about us, right? Who cares about me like that? Some of us think like that, right? Who cares about me? He didn't come to me it come to me i would have said oh yeah but it didn't but actually he did one of krishna's name is deenanath what does deenanath mean what does Dina mean anybody know yeah poor somebody who is not only poor but wretchedly poor wretchedly poor means everybody runs away from that person don't even come close to that person but they're so wretchedly poor. You said what I'm saying? But they'll be just, you know, they'll be like a, a vacuum. They're always sucking things out of you because they need it. They can't do without you. You see what I'm saying like that? Krishna is known more than that as Dina Dayadranath. That's beyond Dina Nath, by the way. Krishna says, I am, for those who are like that, I am theirs. I belong to them. And I am a lord who is known as person who belongs to them. And even more than that, those who feel who are even lower than that, Krishna calls himself Dina Dayadranath. And Radharani himself considers herself Dina Dayadra when Krishna doesn't, is not with her. When Krishna is not with her, she considers herself Dina Dayadra. Otherwise, she she is the original goddess of fortune. Radharani is called the Adi Lakshmi, the Adi Saraswati and the Adi Durga, all three. Can imagine how powerful that is, right? These are the three most powerful ladies in creation. You know, Durga Saraswati and uh, and and and, uh, and uh, Sar, uh, Durga Saraswati and Lakshmi. People worship them all the time. These three ladies control the whole world. They are the the goddesses of the three modes of nature, and everybody is manipulated by these three modes of nature. And this uh, Radharani is actually the original of these three. So this is how powerful she is. So we can understand from this that Krishna is very powerful. Now, how do we come close to Krishna becomes the issue. And that's why I read this verse. Man mana bhava, mad bhakto. Krishna says, everything starts in the thinking process. Thinking follow, is followed by feeling. Then you will feel. After you think something, you will feel for it. And after you feel for it, you will will it. And when you will it, it'll happen. And even in English, there's a saying, where there's a will, there is a, a way. This is why young children are considered to be a very good example of that. You notice the baby when the baby's trying to stand up, right? For the first time. What happens when the baby tries to stand up the first time? It falls down. It cries. But it tries again, right? Doesn't give up. Goes again. Goes again, goes again, and then suddenly it can't stand. Because it doesn't give up. It has a will, that I will stand up. And so it stands up. It cries, but it also doesn't give up on the will. Because it's painful when you fall, right? So it's not that we shouldn't feel unhappiness, that we shouldn't feel misery. That's natural. But we don't give up. And who is the best person not to give up on? It's Krishna. And... In this age, he's is known as Gauranga Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna comes as uh, as uh, his own devotee in the form of his own devotee Goranga Mahaprabhu, who is none other than Radha and Krishna come together again. Remember, I said that there were three personalities. When Radha and Krishna come back together, that's And When he, they become Goranga, Balram changes his feature to Nityananda. <laughs> so these are two sets of personalities in one set, like that. It's like that Russian doll, you know? You have The smaller doll and the bigger doll. (laughs) Open the bigger doll and the smaller doll comes out like that. Well, in this one, the bigger doll has inside it an even bigger doll because it's transcendental. Gauranga is considered more potent than Krishna because Gauranga has the mood of Radharani. Krishna with the mood of Radharani. So he's doubly powerful like that. And he's standing on the altar to our left, as you can see, to the extreme left is Nityananda, and then to his right is or to his left, and to our, our right from him is Goranga. So, in Krishna's appearance, Krishna says, Man mana bhava mad bhakto. Start thinking about me. At least in the mind, think about Krishna. Yes, it's a little hard, maybe, to think. Well, we we can't become like you, and wear the type of clothes you wear, and you know, all day long, just chant Hare Krishna and all the other things you must be doing. Or whatever you're doing, we have no idea what you're doing, but you're doing something, and you know, it's not practical for us. We have a job, we have a family, we feed our children, we've got lots of things to do. Krishna knows that. Krishna knows that. This type of engagement is not there for everybody. There are different groups of people according to their nature. We should engage. My nature is like that, so I engage like this. Your nature is whatever your nature is, you engage according to your nature. But for each of us, there is one thing that is the same. And that thing that is the same is that we should be thinking about Krishna. If we think about Krishna, Krishna accepts that as worship in the mind. By the way, the senses go through, uh, uh, the, uh, the consciousness goes through 11 different levels. From level 1 to 11 level, the le- 11th level is the highest. 11th level is called the supreme absolute truth, Krishna himself. That's the 11th level. At the lowest level, level one, are the sense objects. This is a sense object. This is a uh, a glass case. I mean, uh, what do you call this? Um, My specs, right? What do you call this? Eyeglasses. Okay. This is an eyeglass case. Okay? So this is called a thing. And so here, consciousness is said to be at the level of a sense object because my senses and our senses can perceive this object. So this is a sense object. This mic is a sense object. The floor is a sense object. The walls are sense objects. So when consciousness is at the level of the sense object, that's level one consciousness. Okay? So then consciousness rises. And according to each level of consciousness, at each level, thinking changes about Krishna. Okay? And all of those senses, are, 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 all those levels are very powerful. You can go back to Godhead with just the first level of consciousness. That's how powerful uh, Krishna consciousness is. It can deliver from any level of consciousness. But basically what, we, what Krishna is saying here is, when you worship me in the mind, because the consciousness levels rise like this, they start with the sense object, the next level is the senses, the five senses with which we perceive sense objects, right? The third level is the mind. Then the fourth is intelligence And the fifth is false ego. So the mind is higher than the sense objects, right? The mind is higher than the senses. So even more powerful than physical worship of Krishna is mental worship of Krishna. Because the mind is sitting at a higher level of consciousness. How nice is that, right? All you have to do is sit down and imagine that you're a devotee. Just mentally think you're a devotee. No one's asking you, Please become devotee right now. It may be a little hard for you. It's not hard by the way. Devotee simply means, because the word devotee comes from the word bhakti. Bhakti comes from the word bhaktiya. Bhaktiya simply means to glorify for the pleasure of. So if you glorify Krishna for the pleasure of Krishna, then that's bhakti. You see what I'm saying? So the idea is that Krishna is saying, he's giving a transcendental method to us that is a very easy method to follow and that is simply in the mind we think to ourselves I love Krishna I want to know who Krishna is and I want to go to the place where Krishna's original planet is because I have heard that there anyone can do anything and everybody has it's a 24-7 party going on there where people are always chanting feasting and dancing they're singing they're feasting and they're dancing. It is said every word is a song and every step is a gate. Gate means it's a dance. So they're always singing and dancing and they're always feasting. And you can see one of the paintings, uh, after Shri Prabhupada, the painting, they see everybody's feasting there. That's a feast going on. There's a dance going there. Singing and dancing and feasting. This is the full-time activity pretty much. People are partying all the time there. Now, any of you have a problem with partying? (laughs) Nobody has a problem, right? Everybody likes to party. You don't have to dance in a party. You can sit down and drink, drink, drink yourself, silly. Some people do that too, right? People do all sorts of things in a party, right? Many people find their beloved in a party. They dance, 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 and they think, I think I I love that person. And then they start developing a relationship with that person. This is one of the reasons, at one time... I don't know if it's true right now, because when I was younger, nightclubs used to be very, very famous. People would write good night, And even in New York, there was a famous nightclub called Studio 54. Is that true? Does it still exist? I don't think so much. I don't know what happened. I think people found the Hare Krishna temples. <laughs> because we were the morning club. They were the nightclub, and we were the morning club. In our mornings, we'd have everybody and dancing and singing so nicely. Everybody really enjoyed that. You know, like that. And even now we do, like on Sunday Feast, we see devotees, uh, Dharu Krishna Prabhu will be singing after this. And so people will be dancing and singing. And then, of course, there'll be beautiful feast served out and everybody will have a nice meal. Please always eat as much as you like. You know, we like you to challenge us how much you can eat. Because we can cook faster than you can eat. So it's a challenge. So actually, this is why Krishna came on the planet. Just to show us, I love you. He says that, paritranaya sadhunam. I came to show love to my devotees. And who is his devotee? Everyone is his devotee. Because he says himself in the scriptures, in the Vedas, that jivera sarupahoe Krishna Das Means that every living entity is eternally my devotee, my servant. Because one can be devotee in five different ways. You can have a neutral relationship with Krishna, like this mic is Krishna's devotee, but in a neutral relationship. He doesn't, you know, start walking and talking and doing things like we do. Right? And then, there are living entities who have a relationship as servants of Krishna. So they are servants of Krishna. An example is Arjuna. Another example is uh, Hanuman, very famous These are some very famous people, Bhima. Very famous people. These are in a service relationship. And they're all very powerful. All of them are very powerful. They're almost as powerful as God themselves. They actually have temples of Hanuman all over the world. And he's the servant of Rama. But such such a powerful servant. These are not like our servants in this world. And by the way, nobody should be anybody else's servant. Everybody's Krishna's servant. So don't. Try to insert yourself in the middle and think that I should become the master now. <laughs> you'll get some, you'll learn some hard lessons from Maya, who is Krishna's best uh, friend, and she'll give you a real rough time after that, so don't do it. <laughs> and then the third level is of friendship. So, who acted as Krishna's friend? Arjuna, very good. He's also an example of friend. Who else? Sudama, very good, very good. Many nice friends that krishna had krishna had many friends with dava there were so many nice friends krishna had right and then higher than that is a parental uh, uh uh relationship and who are like parents of krishna mother yashoda and baba devaki vasudev like that right and then then higher than that the fifth level are those who are lovers of krishna like we see the uh, the damsels of raja the goddesses of fortune like that so in any of these relationships we are all in a sense like servants so every living entity what to speak of human beings not just human beings but all living entities a entity is a living entity if it takes birth if it grows if it uh, multiplies if it maintains itself if it dwindles and finally if it dies then you should know it must have a soul in it Because whenever there is a soul in something, these six transformations will happen. So by this recognition, by this uh, understanding, even the germs are considered to be living entities. The insects, the fish, the trees outside, all of these are living entities. And they're all Krishna's servants. That's why we should never mistreat any living entity. It hurts Krishna. They're his children. He doesn't want his children to be hurt. Just like some of us here have children. If someone hurts our children, how would we feel about it? We'd be very angry, right? Some of us may even go to the extent of killing the other person. That's how angry we become. So Krishna does become angry. So you don't want to mess around with Krishna. You know, like that. So, So this is why Krishna actually appears. And on this Friday, we'll be celebrating that. And it is said, on the day of his appearance, if you come to the temple and have his audience, his darshan, and you participate in the programs, you will be blessed that you will go to that place called Goloka Vrindavan, where Krishna is eternally performing his pastimes. And that we are his eternal associates there as well, that he loves us very, very much. And there we will have complete freedom. Here, we are somewhat restricted, because, you know, you have to breathe, you have to drink water, you have to eat food, you have to sleep, you have to, for some people, go to work, some people do business. Some people beg. But you have to do something. You can't just say, okay, I'm not going to sleep for the next six years. You can't do that. You can try. It won't work. You can't say, I will sleep for the next six years. You can't even do that either. You see? You can't say, I'm going to stop breathing, I'm going to stop drinking, I'm going to stop eating. So there's so many things we're forced to do. In the spiritual world, nobody's forced to do anything because everybody is completely powerful. Absolute power. You don't need food to be happy. They, took, they eat food there for pleasure. Here we are supposed to eat food for life. They, should, they say you should uh, eat to live, not live to eat. But in the spiritual world, they live to eat. How nice is that, right? And you can eat as much as you want. You can eat 5,000 pizzas if you want. And you'll still be fine. You'll be just as slim just as beautiful, just as handsome, not that you'll have a punch and, you know, and then you might get diabetes or you have to run to the doctor now because you overate. Nothing like that happens. Anybody can do any amount of anything they want to do at any time, in any amount of time as well. So that's a much better lifestyle. It's a little comparison like between being in prison and outside prison. In prison you're restricted, right? You can only do so much in prison. But outside prison you have more freedom. Well, the spiritual world is, compared to this world, is like the outside world. And we are like the prison house. We were forced to do certain things. There is completely free. And that's why you can see in these paintings, these paintings are called the windows to the spiritual world. You can see the type of activities that are going on there. And you see the people are always very happy. And they're very colorful, and they dress very nicely, and they're all full of opulence. So Krishna comes simply to hold our hand and say, Come back home with me. I love you. Come back home. And even in Christianity, because I started with Christianity, in Christianity there's the story of the prodigal son, right? Who they found was on the streets and suffering when his father was actually a very, very opulent person. And so someone came and told him that, please, your father is so powerful, he's so great. Why don't you come back home and you'll be happy instead of being in the streets and, and and behaving like a homeless person. You see what I'm saying? So this is why Krishna comes. So please do come on Friday. And if you can do some service on that day, you get many times the benefit. You get a thousand times more benefit. Because you're serving others who are Krishna's children. And when you serve Krishna's children, Krishna becomes even happier than serving him. So take advantage of this. It's a wonderful uh, day. And if you can stay with us for the next day as well, that's even better. So really, our program starts at four o'clock in the morning on Friday and finishes at three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. So, that's a really nice thirty-five hour program. You know, continuous thirty-five hour program. Because a lot of people don't leave after the midnight feast; they stay here and do kirtan because mangalart is going to be at another hour or two anyway. So why go home? Just to, you know, carry on. Some of us are getting older, and so we need a little bit of rest, so we go home and take a take 40 winks and come back again. But the thing is this, that this is a very wonderful festival. Please do come, and please, we do need volunteers, especially, like I said in the announcement, uh, for helping with cut-ups on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you'd like to um, help with that, contact some of the devotees. Dar Prabhu is here. Um, as I said, uh, Nishant Prabhu is here. Now some more devotees have turned up. Uh, so uh, uh, speak to the devotees and let us know that you'd like to do some service on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday doing cut-ups and things, preparation for the food because we prepare a lot of food on that day, of Friday and then also on Friday helping with the serve-outs like that, if you can help with the serve-outs, that's very good okay, thank you very much, Hare Krishna I'm going to ask if any of you'd like to say something or ask any questions and then we'll continue with the rest of the program, the Kirtan program. Is a mic here? If anybody, yes. Uh... Mother Nandini.
1: thank you so much for a wonderful Hare. class, thank beautiful you, class. Thank you, Prabhu. So um, I was—I've been reading uh, in in Prabhupada's books how uh, it's described that this age, Kali Yuga, is very difficult age Very difficult with age, quarrel, yes. hypocrisy. So many difficulties come yes. when Kali came about after Krishna left right. and went back, wound up all of his pastimes, as it right. will. Right. But it said there's one very special thing about Kali Yuga, yes. that yes. even the demigods don't have the opportunity. Right. And it's. Somewhat stated that they're lining up to take birth in Lord Chaitanya's movement because in this age, where in previous ages it was much more difficult to achieve self-realization and love of God, but in this age because of the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, simply by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare, Rama, Hare Hare, Rama, Rama Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Hare Hare, we can reach perfection.
0: Yes. Yes, and this is one more way Krishna Shaking. came and Krishna. as Lord Chaitanya gave us this process. Thank you. And it is described that chanting the holy names of Krishna is non-different from Krishna himself. So when you're chanting the holy names, you are directly associating with Krishna. So mentally we can think about him and physically we can actually say these words even to ourselves softly and Krishna will, Krishna will allow us to uh, feel his presence, his real presence, not just Imagined presence like that.
1: When, just one other more comment. In previous ages, um, the reaction uh, was very—you you could, if you, if you, you thought
0: thought something bad, you'd get you'd reaction. You get a
1: reaction. Yes, However, true. in this age, it's described that if you think something bad, yeah. you don't get the reaction until you act on it. Until
0: you it. act on it. However, if you think
1: something wonderful, like chanting Hare Krishna, you get... You get benefit.
0: How nice (laughs) is that, right? You can have your cake and eat it too. And where do you have that program? You know, you can have your cake and eat it too. (laughs) You can think something good and you get benefit. Think something bad, it's okay. And then when you act, you act something good, then you get the benefit. If you act something bad, then you also get the suffering. But how nice it is that in the thinking, but actually it's better not to think bad things, because sooner or later they translate to action. <laughs> they also go to the thinking, feeling, willing phase. <laughs> so if you don't start them off, if you don't have the seed, there's no need for that tree to grow. You know, that type of thing. Have good seeds in your heart. Think good of others, think good things. That's the idea. Very good. All right, so now we will uh, worship, uh, uh, we'll do uh, some kirtan. And, uh, and there's Tulsi Puja today. And then after Tulsi Puja, we'll have the um, service on the altar. We call it an Arti and Sunday Arti, and so we'll do that. And uh, after seven, in seven and eight, there'll be uh, Japa session going on here. We are talking about chanting, but the feast will start being served out uh, after six uh, downstairs until seven thirty, eight o'clock. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Van Chakrapa Turiyasca Patita naam pavan ebhyo, Vaishnava
1: ebhyo namo namaha, anantakoti Vaishnava brindakī jai.